these verses are a consolation, or I hope they're a consolation, to people who don't always fit into the mainstream of society. Here you have a couple groups of people being talked about by Isaiah who will now be declared included in the plan of God. And the people that he is speaking specifically about is, is immigrants, people who have not grown up in Jerusalem, people who have not grown up in the land of Israel, who have come to that land to find peace, to find refuge. We remember many of them in the Old Testament, uh, one being Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. Naomi, of course, is from the land, and she brings Ruth back to the land where she marries Boaz. And about two generations later, King David is born from this family. That the inclusion of immigrants was always the plan um, from, the, from time immemorial for, of God. That including immigrants was always what God intended for God's people to do. And you have laws in the, in the law of Moses that talk about how to include immigrants that come among you. And here we see in this vision of Isaiah, this people who are returning from exile, pretty much everybody now is an immigrant. They're all coming back for the first time. They say you can't go home uh, ever again. And it's kind of true. Even if you try to go back to that place where you started out in life, it's kind of hard to do sometimes. Doesn't always fit, doesn't always work. So Really, we're all immigrants in that sense. We are all people on the move. We are all people who have, we are, humans are a migratory species for sure. And so these people will be included in the plan of God and the Sabbath of God, which really means the rest of God, the peace of God, that time of rest after all the work's done. There's this rest of God that is promised to God's people. And the next group of people is the eunuchs. I'm here with my recently made a eunuch, a cat, sadly, but goodly, um, necessary things we do for our pets um, that they don't always appreciate. But the, the real tragedy of eunuchs in, in the ancient world, and even in some places in the world today, is that most eunuchs were uh, really technically people who were abused as children. Um, to, at such a young age, to have something this dreadful happen to you um, without any of your own agency before you could resist, before you were powerful enough to stop it. Um, this is what, this is the situation of this large group of people in the ancient world that were eunuchs. Um, and some of them were able to attain very high places in government um, because of their trusted nature, because they couldn't uh, father children. Um, and so there were certainly eunuchs that rose to great positions of prominence all throughout the ancient world. But at the same time, uh, we were, that sort of basic right and human right, um, the right to control one's own reproduction, is something that was taken from them and never given back. And so you can see how the focus of the Bible, a lot of the focus of the Bible, is the heritage of your children, that you leave your, your heritage to your children after you, and they continue your life after you, you leave this planet, and that's sort of how eternal life works in some uh, ways of understanding it. So there's a heavy emphasis on honoring your father and mother and carrying on that legacy. The book of Proverbs is basically like how to be a good child and treat your parents nicely. <laughs> Things like that we wish our kids would read every morning. Um, I grew up in a house that where they uh, regularly read Proverbs to me about how to be a good son because that's what the book is written to. And so you can see how in this culture where 
reproduction, biological reproduction is valued very highly, especially as so many babies died in, in, in childbirth and mothers died in childbirth, to have a surviving child was a really huge accomplishment. And yet, uh, in this time, and yet in this time of great, um, in this time of great emphasis on biological reproduction, there were many people who did not fit into this this narrow definition of what it means to be human. There were many, 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 many people, and the biggest group of them would probably have been the eunuchs, people who, through no choice of their own, at a young age, uh, were were denied this this the blessing and and even hardship and but ultimate joy of family, seeing your generations live after you. And so even these people are brought into the covenant of God. Even these, the people who have been cut off literally from any line of succession, any legacy, are given the ultimate legacy. They are given the ultimate monument to them in the courts of God. That in the courts of God, there's this monument to the eunuchs, the people who fathered spiritual children, the people who mothered spiritual children, um, the people who poured their life into others um, and not and and not and are not known for their biological children who went on after them. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God, that all are included, even the people that mainstream society leaves out, uh, not only because it's Black History Month, but um, at all times of the year, we commemorate the really the first Gentile convert to Christianity. It's, there's some question of whether he was Jewish or whether he was a Gentile, but the Ethiopian eunuch uh, stands out to me as um, just an amazing story of how God's grace is moving to the ends of the earth. It's not just centered in Jerusalem anymore. And so this man, who has reached a very high position in the queen's court in Ethiopia, this vibrant civilization that is going on, um, even though the Bible mentions it only a few times, it's a really big deal. And this Ethiopian eunuch is reading the scroll of Isaiah. He's a learned man. He's extremely uh, learned. He's puzzling over it. He's saying, is this t- is Isaiah talking about himself or somebody else? It's a question we've asked ourselves from Isaiah many, many times. If you've ever read Isaiah, you're like, is he, and David Hill and I were talking about this the other day, was he talking about himself or somebody else? And in reality, yes, Isaiah is talking about all sorts of things. And that's the, the question the Ethiopian eunuch is asking. Philip magically appears in his chariot, hops in, or next to his chariot, runs alongside, hops in. So you can see the hospitality that's happening. Here's this eunuch who would not be known for, um, for having a family of his own, but suddenly invites the stranger into his family, this reading family that he's creating there in this chariot, this home in the chariot. And he is the one that pours out the blessing on the church. Um, he gets baptized there where there's enough water to do it, and they stop. And he's added to the church in this beautiful way, and so that nobody can ever say that black people can be excluded from the church, because really the one of the first converts to Christianity, to following Jesus, was a black man. And not only a black man, he was a eunuch, someone who ordinarily would not be allowed into the inner courts of the temple. But here we see God's radical inclusion. He's bringing people in from all over the place to stand in the courts, and there's going to be a huge monument for the immigrants and the eunuchs. So anytime... Um, you encounter someone who is feeling outcast or you're feeling outcast yourself like the psalmist, the waters have come over my head and nobody cares about me. 
um, remember that you are now in the center of God's love, that God is specifically including you in God's plan for all eternity. And this, this is written in Isaiah. It's lived out in the life of Jesus. And every single true follower of Jesus ever since has always said, we're going to build monuments, not to the people who had a lot of kids who were really successful and did great things. We're going to build monuments to the eunuchs. We're going to build monuments to the immigrants, the people whom God has included that were once outside the covenant. They're now inside.